Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Thunder, Tomb, and Throne. Thunder, Tomb, and Throne has released these golden eyes. This metal powerhouse takes you on an incredible journey. Once you're on the path, there's no turning back. And here is my interview with Thunder, Tomb, and Throne. Hello, my friends. Hello, how do you do? I want to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Not a problem. Uh, thanks for having us on. Can you can you hear me okay? I hear you just fine. Awesome. Right. My uh, my bandmates should be joining us in a minute. Okay. I'll just message him. How's the weather out? Um, it's pretty cold and terrible right now, <laughs> but uh, that's how it is here most of the time anyway, so no big deal. How about where you're at? It's uh, very cold here. It's in the teens. Ah. Yeah, we're, we're looking at teens and sing, single digits for the next uh, couple weeks. It's uh, that time of year. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm from Ohio in the States. Yeah. Um, let me Google that. I'm not sure what part of the U.S. that is. My, my geography of the U.S.A. is uh, terrible. It's a uh, north, northeastern section. Ah, yeah. Cool. Hello, Al. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Can hear you great. Ah, good stuff. I wanted to congratulate you guys on these golden eyes. How was the recording process for the album? Um, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we're yeah, glad you liked you. it. Um, yeah, it was it was most mostly done in uh, in our bedrooms, really. Um, uh, there's just the two of us on it and um, we kind of decided with this that we weren't going to bother letting any fears of what couldn't couldn't be played live kind of hold back the songwriting because there's only two of us so we just kind of <laughs> went a bit mad on uh, just recording layers of stuff I guess um, but yeah I think we started we had like some ideas uh, and bits of music knocking about, um, but we're both due to start families this year. And so in about, I think, March time, we sort of said, if we're going to do this album, we need to get it recorded now. And yeah, so I think it took us, what, about about six months from like March to September of really working hard on, on, on getting it done. Yeah, so everything before that was kind of like ideas. It was the basics of the songs. Um, you have a riff, you have an idea of some lyrics that go with it. Um, and that was kind of as, as far as we got from before that. And then, yeah, like Al says, we kind of got the kick up the butt from like, okay, this is our last chance to dance for a while. So let's, let's get on it. We, we finished up uh, the guitars and the drums and stuff. And then, yeah, as Al says, stopped worrying about being able to play it live because we wouldn't be able to anyway. And then started adding all the, 
the choirs and the um, the the production and stuff, and that's how all all the songs ended up sounding quite uh, grand in places. I also wanted to ask you if you could speak on my favorite three tracks on the album. One is the mountain. Could you speak on that? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll start on that one if you don't mind, Al. Yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah, so that one started with kind of um, the idea of the two-parter. Um, so starting with the tale, which is kind of like your um, little medieval tavern kind of song, and little dude sat in the corner singing it or something about this uh, the priest and the well the ideas of the priest. Um, basically this enormous cave overlooking a village, which is the mouth in the mountain that he speaks of. Um, and then the truth would be um, sort of an outsider coming to that village and realizing that the priest is uh, sort of uh, convincing these villagers to uh, sacrifice everything they have to the mouth in the mountain, this big cave, so it'll keep them safe and not eat the village. Um, before then, yeah, discovering that this is all a lie and he's, he's taking everything for himself. Um, it all kind of spanned from that idea. I'm kind of like a very visual brain guy and it was almost like a movie in my head. Um, so it kind of like spanned from that idea. Uh, and then the music came from there. Um, we started with the the truth because that was just going to be like a simple little uh, acoustic bit, and then everything else kind of filled out from there. And uh, the instrumental "Iron Slumber." How did those uh, progressions come to you? Um, so that one. Um... It's actually, there's some riffs in that song that I've been dicking about with since, uh, I think the earliest riffs in that song come from about 2005 or six. Um, if I'm being completely honest, like a lot of it is just to do with having a lot of riffs that I really liked that all sounded kind of similar. And a lot of different riffs in that song were all parts of different songs at one point in time where I never felt like the songs I'd written them in did the riffs justice. I had these songs where I was like, ah, oh, the lyrics are a bit forced and the singing melody is a bit shit and it's all a bit crap, but I do love this one riff in it. And then um, basically from a few of those songs, I spent a while just kind of like reworking them into one sort of instrumental. Uh, and just, just kept it like that. just thought, you know what, I, every time I try and put these riffs into actual songs, I feel like the the songs like the riffs down, so fuck it. Let's just <laughs> have a nice riff party and just do that instead. Um, and like, uh, I I only you know joined the modern world and, and got a PC for the first time like last year, so I'd never been able to actually work on recording stuff at home myself before. And so yeah, just being able to actually sit Studio One on an interface and actually like work on building the layers up and. And like trying to do interesting things on it like there's a there's a bit where i'm playing like harmonics through 
a thing that's um, like a pog, like essentially just putting the octave up one and octave one below. And I think it kind of sounds a bit like church bells. There's like a ding, 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 ding that comes in at different points. So yeah, just really actually finally having the technology, I guess, to sort of like sit down on your own. Because, you know, when you're trying to write songs, but all you can do is record a riff on like the voice recorder on your phone and then try playing over it or something like that it's it's tricky so yeah it was just i guess having a lot of fun we're actually finally having the computer for the first time and being able to layer it up a bit and the other song i wanted to talk about was uh, split milk and honey um can you tell me uh the idea behind that song yeah so like um we kind of wanted the whole album to sound like a, a story, the basic plot being it's about a, a guy from Yorkshire who's had like a failed homestead in America in like the early 19th century. And uh, so his farm has failed and his wife and all his kids, apart from his firstborn son, have died of starvation. And that's kind of the introduction in Lowly Dog. And the rest of the album is them like journeying out into the wilderness until they eventually kill themselves at the end of the album. And so Spilt Milk and Honey is supposed to be the song where they kind of make the decision to leave a failed homestead and like journey out into the wilderness. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of like very much supposed to be like the sequel to Lowly Dog, which is one where it's kind of introducing you to the the failed farmland. I suppose like musically when I was writing it, I mean, I'm not sure if it really came out like this, but the idea I had in my head was sort of like, what if I could write a song that sounded like uh, a collaboration between like Andrew Lloyd Webber and the darkness. That was kind of what I was going for. <laughs> and so the, uh, the, I dreamed a dream lyrics that come in in the second verse, that was supposed to be like a little nod to uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. And, you know, I dreamed a dream from Les Mis, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, yeah. But that one, um, that one was quite, quite good fun to write. We, I, I'm not very good at writing vocal melodies. And so I think Josh and I, we had quite a bit of fun sort of like writing idea for the lyrics for the chorus and then me sending it to Josh for him to work out how the melody would fit and then me taking the melody Josh had and kind of reworking the lyrics to fit it better. Um, yeah. And if you guys had to pick your favorite track, what would it be and why? Um, for me... Yeah, for me, um, uh, it's, it's yeah. I suppose it's always hard to pick one, but um, I will go with uh, Three Peaceful Graves in Yorkshire just because it's the heaviest track by miles. And it's just absolutely awesome fun to belt it out, scream at the top of your lungs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the riff is awesome. I think the... Um, the lyrics are awesome. I'm just, I'm a big fan of that one. And it's uh, a lot of fun to scream along to in the car. For me, it'd be a uh, lowly dog. I've just got, that's, that's just like my baby, like that song. Like I wrote it during uh, a pretty shit time. And I kind of feel like that song was the one good thing I got out of that shit time. And you know, um, you know, the film uh, Walk the Line, the Johnny yes. Cash film, and you know the scene where the guy gets him in the studio and he's like, 
if you were dying on the floor and you had like one song to sing about your time on earth and what you thought about it and then he sings for some prison blues to me like that little speech he does there every time he does that i'm like ah that's lowly dog for me that's that song for me yeah I also wanted to say that your sound is unique in many ways. I wanted to know if you could talk about artists that influenced you and how your sound developed. Yeah, I think I think Josh and I probably got quite different different ones for this one. Do you want to go first, Josh? Um, yeah, I can do. I mean, I think we were both we both admit that, like, yeah, we're kind of coming at this from different angles, which is probably why you get such different kind of soundscapes coming together on the album uh, Al is very um, much more influenced by the kind of the stoner metal and rock side of things um, do metal and things like that and I was very much more like uh, very heavy death metal grind core very brutal music and so it's kind of um, come together in somewhere in the middle of like sometimes it's stoner sometimes it's death metal sometimes it's both at the same time and it's um yeah it's been good fun kind of um having the separate tracks that do their own thing and also i think some of the most fun ones were having the tracks where they kind of do that together like i'm thinking of like six wolves it's got its nice, it's got its nice melodic bits, but it's also got its bits where it kicks off into a, a really heavy section. And um, I think, yeah, finding ways to make stuff like that work together was a, a really fun part of the the writing process for me. Yeah, I think, I, I think like Josh and I have got quite probably different musical influences, but I think what makes it really good fun to work together, and I think probably partly what makes it sound a bit different is the fact that I think we're both just very very keen on making it like theatrical so like we're both really keen on being like fuck it let's stick in some like cinematic sound effects let's have some wolf howls or some thunder <laughs> crashing and you know oh fuck it let's just record 10 different layers of this vocal to make it sound like a choir because it sounds more epic like that um, but yeah in, in terms of like bands I think my biggest influences are probably Slaufeg, The Sword, and Black Sabbath, to be honest. So, yeah, just straight up big riffs <laughs> is what I tend to listen to. And I wanted to ask you, um, what are some of your lyrical inspirations? Um, I mean, yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you go, Al. I don't know, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I'm just trying to think. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's on like a very sort of specific level. Of, I suppose, like lyrically, the the song "Wires" by Red Fang, I've always loved. I've always just loved the way it kind of sounds. Like, um, it's not from the first first person or the third person i really like like lyrics but like in the second person where like it's all addressing like you like there's a line in that song where it's like mother's not okay she lights a candle for every day that you're away and i feel like lyrics in the second person kind of give the song this um 
to me like it's almost like slightly religious feel because it kind of sounds like the way that god talks to people in the bible you know and um mm-hmm. so i think like there's quite a lot of the songs like lowly dog um spilt milk and honey uh three peaceful graves in yorkshire where it's all very much in the second person all the lyrics are, like talking to you the listener rather than being like i feel this way i feel that way I suppose that's like quite a, a big influence yeah and there are some <laughs> some more biblical themes in the bible like reborn is dust when we originally wrote it was very much based on the book of job because we like theatrical epic shit and it doesn't get much more theatrical or epic than the bible um and how did the band name come to you well originally there were three of us and we kind of started working together not so much as like a band in terms of here's a bassist, here's a drummer, here's a guitarist. It was more like the three of us were all writing songs and kind of like in bands that weren't really functioning that well at the time. And we kind of thought like the three of us together working together, could we actually get these songs like finished and recorded? And so I kind of, I thought it'd be fun to give it like a, like a sort of three songwriter band name, like Crosby, Stills and Nash or something. But our yeah. surnames are quite boring and don't sound that fucking metal. So it's like, <laughs> if, if people had really metal names, what would it be? <laughs> and so he kind of like semi-jokingly adopted like Thunder, Team and Throne as like stage names. But, you know, it's a studio project, so not really much need for stage names. <laughs> but um, the, other, the other gent in the band, he decided to, to part ways with us. Um, partway through the recording the S album, just to sort of focus more on his solo project, which is uh, what, how do you describe it? Just sort of like technical thrash, technical death metal. Yeah, technical death metal. Um, I, he's actually the one who put forward the riffs for Three Peaceful Graves, so that's kind of, that's kind of more his style. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I suppose that's how the name came about. There, there were three of us. Thunder Tomb and Throne, and now there's just two. So, yeah, we decided to stick with it. And I also wanted to ask you, how did you guys uh, get together originally? Yeah, so, so, you, you go, Josh. Yeah, it, it just it was simply that. It was that um, uh, we were all sort of felt like we were the high functioning members of other bands that weren't working at the time. So we just decided to cut them loose and start doing our own thing. Um, hoping that three, three members, three driven members putting down ideas and, and collaborating and stuff would uh, get stuff done faster than, you know, having full bands, but getting into that situation where it's hard to get everyone together. Nobody's ready for practice at the same time. Uh, the drummer's gone AWOL for the last six months, etc., etc. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was basically just uh, yeah, born out of yeah, frustration almost and just really wanting to get some music made and out there. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same uh, everywhere or we just live somewhere with like a perpetual drought of drummers but like when i've been trying to be in bands where it's like no we want to like gig and have like a proper gigging lineup you just end up spending all your time searching for drummers and failing to find any so, uh... i'm pretty sure that's a worldwide phenomenon 
It's that worldwide thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you guys could pick your proudest moment as a musician to this date, what would you say that it would be? That's right, um, yeah. Wasn't expecting anyone to invite us on to, to do an interview. To be honest, I think we're both pretty surprised anyone's heard it because when we finished recording it, we had something like 60 followers on Instagram. And I don't think either, either of us expected anyone apart from like our wives and a couple of close family members to actually bother listening to the thing all the way through, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, so just the fact that people are enjoying it, messaging us, saying that it's cool and unique and like the fact that people like yourself are taking the time to come and speak to us about it. Like we are super stoked on that. So yeah, these golden eyes is, uh, is it. And just out of interest, cause I'm, I'm genuinely curious. How, how did you even find out about it? Um, originally I found out through a review that I saw online and then, uh, I went to uh, YouTube to try to find any information that I could. And then, I just started going down the rabbit hole from there, <laughs> and uh, that that's how we got here. Awesome. Right, yeah, just it's like um, I think when we were writing the album, something we kept saying to each other was like, "Let's not worry about anyone enjoying this music apart from us, because no one else is ever going to fucking <laughs> listen to it." And like, yeah. honestly, before we released this album, we literally had two monthly listeners on Spotify. And there are two of us in the band. And I know I'm definitely one of those monthly listeners. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the fact that anyone apart from us two is actually listening to it and enjoying it is just really, really nice and, and genuinely pretty unexpected, to be honest. Yeah. And what was the defining moment um, for each of you that, when you realized that uh, music was a path, path for you? Um, I've always, always, always been into music. Um, just, I was, my, my dad was always in a band, um, and he always had guitars around the house and stuff. Uh, so I would always, I was always interested in them since I was a kid. And then, um, yeah, it's always kind of like played guitar a bit and sang a bit, but then was never really, um, in bands or anything like that until pretty recently to be fair because I was always I don't know always just had a worry that like I wouldn't work well with other people or wouldn't be good enough or something for a band and then eventually when that did come together in the in the past three, three or four years with uh with a few guys to to start making some music previously in uh, just the one band that, that didn't work out and then now Thunder Tomb and Throne, I just, yeah, absolutely loved it. Uh, loved the recording process, the writing process, um, working with other people, just, yeah, ended up being an unexpected, um, amazing part of my life. So, yeah, I definitely want to uh, keep hold of that. Yeah, I think I, I think I started playing bass when I was about, I think, 13, 12 or 13, and I, I do remember at the time it was purely because I was starting to get interested in girls, and I was like, what could make me more attractive because I'm fucking shit at sports. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just um, just found that 
just sitting down and dicking about on a guitar is just something I've always really enjoyed doing. And um, just for its own sake, just find it fun. And uh, like, I'm not a particularly good musician from like a technical perspective at all, but I just really fucking enjoy it. And I just really enjoy big riffs. And like, for one thing, you know, from a narcissistic point of view, more fun than listening to a big riff is listening to a big riff that you wrote or playing a big riff that you wrote. <laughs> yeah, just 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 yeah, do it for shits yeah. and giggles, really. Just enjoy it. I mean, it's uh, it's neither of our, our day jobs. Like we don't we don't earn a living from doing this or anything. Um, but yeah, just just for fun, really. And if I came to visit you guys, um, what would be the most popular food there and the most popular beverage there? Ooh. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm guessing, but right in guessing from your accent, you're 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 American, sir. Yes. Have you ever heard of something called a Yorkshire pudding? No, I have not. All right. So a Yorkshire pudding is a a type of food that's very popular here in Yorkshire, where we are. I suppose the best way to describe it would be like like a pancake in the shape of a pie. And you can have it in like a sweet or a savory context, but normally a savory context, like filled. Yeah, it's like it's like a savory context, gravy. Basically, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's pro- probably yeah, like it's like Sunday dinner kind of thing, like meat and gravy with a Yorkshire pudding on the side. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that kind of thing. Um, as for beverage, um, I mean the the obvious one is beer. We we brew a lot of. Ales in the UK. Um, uh, it's famous for its. They call it "quote unquote" real ale, whatever that means. I guess kind of like oldie style, traditionally brewed beers and things like that. Um, although gin has taken over in popularity recently as well. So one of the two, a good a good gin or a good beer. And do you guys have any hobbies in your spare time beyond music? Uh, I'm really into board games, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, but you know, since um, about 2007, we've been living in the golden age of board game design. It's like a whole <laughs> fucking universe of incredible board games, and there's more being released all the time. So, if any of you have uh, anyone listening to this, is like. A youngish family and want something fun to do just uh go on youtube and search for a channel called shut up and sit down but do board game reviews and just expand your horizons that would be uh, <laughs> my tip i um i'm really into mountain biking uh I, I really like my mountain biking but uh yeah having a young child uh, is not conducing to ha- conducive to having spare time so I'm not doing a whole lot of that right at the minute. Yeah, and, uh, what... I... Go ahead. Oh, just uh, at the minute. Uh, so Josh's son is just gone four months old. Yep. And uh, my daughter's two weeks old. So, yeah, we don't really have hobbies at the moment. Yeah, but... spare time is not really a thing right at the minute. But <laughs> you know, if I get three hours of sleep a day, I'm doing good. So. <laughs> <laughs> What would be the best way to get merchandise? Um, yeah, we don't really don't really have merchandise at the minute. We 
we hadn't planned on releasing anything physical. We were just we basically just put them put it up on Bandcamp. Um, said we we're gonna if anyone was gonna pay for anything, like pay to download it, we're donating everything to charity. So we don't really have any funds or anything to to be making merchandise or physicals at the minute. Um, but there have been quite a lot of requests for stuff. So I don't know. Maybe we need to look into. Um, Making making up a batch of tees or hoodies or CDs. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, black and gold team is epic. I mean, I think it definitely look great on some stuff. Yeah, I mean, Josh does all the uh, all the artwork and all the graphic design for it. Um, Josh's day job is actually as a as a graphic designer. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? <laughs> As if we have, we could even talk about having fans. That seems like such an alien concept to me. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for giving us like 57 minutes to listen to the album. Like these days where you could be listening to Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin or Tchaikovsky for free. The fact that anyone would spend an hour just giving us a shout, it just is really means a lot. And thank you. Thank you very much. That'd be mine. Anything to add to that, Josh? Well, I wanted to thank you guys for taking time to speak with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you again for listening listening to the album. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. And I'm looking forward to getting the word out because it's well worth the time spent listening to it. Oh, thank you. You guys have a great rest of your day. And I hope... Uh, You'll keep me updated with any new news that comes about. Will do. I mean, on that note, like we've uh, we we put out like a six-track EP that we like recorded on a laptop um, a couple years ago, and we have been thinking a couple songs on there could probably do with just for, for production really let them down. So um, we are planning on like re-releasing a few of them, but just with a few parts we recorded and mixed a bit better and because it's all mostly recorded anyway that shouldn't be too long till we get that done but yeah we will keep you posted in the future definitely and thank you again really appreciate it oh thank you pleasure it's been mine and uh i will send links to the podcast and to the website as soon as i post excellent Thank you again. Thanks very much. Sorry for that last bit. My mic cut out there for some reason. No problem. I want, I was just uh, giving you thanks for your time. And uh, I, I will talk to you guys real soon. You guys take care. You too. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks again. Farewell. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.